Spiritual Coaching Podcast. We're teaching spiritual coaches how to guide Christians into a full and fearless devotion to God. Welcome. The goal of the Spiritual Coaching Podcast is to encourage and equip those whose God-given mission is to provide spiritual direction to the Church of Jesus Christ. We're training warriors to fight for the human heart. Our spiritual coaching is driven by a singular belief that every wound in our heart that's left untouched by God will hinder how deeply we can know Him and how fully we can follow Him. Only healthy hearts are free to develop a relationship with God that outlasts the pressures of life and every unworthy claim for our loyalty and devotion. All right, in case you don't know it, you found the Two Rivers Spiritual Coaching Podcast. We're teaching spiritual coaches how to fight for and guide reluctant hearts into a full and fearless devotion to God. In this episode, we're going to build on the importance of faith to spiritual growth by adding some additional items that are key to spiritual maturity. Here we go. So, key ingredients to making spiritual progress. Um, and, and, and let's be clear right up front what we mean by spiritual growth or spiritual progress. Uh, by that, I do not mean um, you know religious education, religious education that amounts to piling up facts and data and terminology and, and Bible references. Um, the catchphrase I've come to use to kind of round out or flesh out what we mean by spiritual growth, uh, the relationship that's described for us in the Bible, is to know God deeply and follow Him fully. Knowing God deeply and following Him fully. Now, those two components feed off each other. They live symbiotically with each other. Uh, if thinking about spiritual growth more as a process is helpful to you, Think of moving from unbelief to belief in every area of our lives. Uh, that a relationship that that's a relationship that's going deeper, and you know that movement from unbelief to belief, and you know, in, in every area of our life, that lies behind a relationship with God of knowing and doing, knowing God deeply and following Him fully. So spiritual progress or spiritual growth is not intellectual only, but it does include the heart and soul and the whole person. The first of these uh, ingredients that uh, I'm going to throw out here is biblical community. And it's universally agreed on that doing life with God requires that we do life with each other well. Especially with each others, with others who are on the same adventure uh, with God that we're on. To succeed at spiritual growth, to be continually in process, it requires one another. God didn't design people to do life alone. John Donne poetically reminds us that no man or woman is an island. Long before that, King Solomon, in all of his wisdom and glory, taught that the heartfelt counsel of a friend is as sweet as perfume and incense. Uh, and then later in that same proverb, Proverb 27, he follows that up with an image from the blacksmith's shop. He said, iron sharpens iron uh, as a friend sharpens a friend. And then towards the end of the Bible, the writer of, preview of, of, of Hebrews calls fellow Christ followers to faithfully gather together to motivate each other to acts of love and good deeds. Spiritual maturity, as we're using it, requires continual dependence on the community of fellow believers. Now, probably the most prevalent tool that churches use today to create community is the small group. It's a pretty simple concept, and many of you, I'm sure, have experience with it. Uh, people gather in homes to build relationships and study the Bible and help each other live life as a Christ follower. And the strategy is that 
as the group grows in size, it will multiply into two groups. And that way, a growing church has enough small groups for everyone. Uh, A reliable friend that grows out of that group can offer accountability and wisdom that's essential to healthy spiritual life. Uh, It's the intention that out of that group, people will find at least one other close relationship with with someone who who knows them well and they know well, and with someone who has convinced them uh, that they will love them unconditionally no matter what they divulge to them. That kind of two-way relationship where two people sharpen each other and make each other better, that's a priceless gift, and that is what biblical community is all about. That's the first of these three, biblical community. Another key ingredient is biblical coaching. Uh, as we continue along the adventure of life with God, there will inevitably come a day when we find our growth, our relationship with God will stall out. You know, and even when we have life-giving relationships, we'll get stuck so good sometimes that no amount of friendly counsel can, and support seems to dislodge our life and get it growing again. And when you sit there long enough, things begin to unravel. But there is help for getting unstuck. That same resource is also the perfect choice for helping us recover or reduce the frequency of stuckness. Or at least to preemptively ensure that we don't get waylaid ever for too long. And that resource is a spiritual coach. And that is obviously where spiritual coaches come in. It takes iron sharpens iron to a whole other level. This is where the blacksmith, who has already forged the shape of the blade, begins to put a sharp fighting edge on it. The the assistance of a trained spiritual coach can help us defeat persistent nagging sin and brokenness, freeing us so that we can continue to take new ground. Our objectivity may be the only thing needed to counter the subjective, emotional, and discombobulated spot that the coachee has gotten themselves into. If the difficulty is more complex, the wisdom and experience of an impartial spiritual coach under the Spirit's leading is required to bring God's light and love and truth to bear. Now, I think it's strange. Uh, It's it's a peculiar tendency that exists in the human condition. While we are more than willing to get our automobiles tuned up and our bodies checked out before something goes wrong, we do not think to do that for our souls or our spiritual life. We'll seek coaching for our golf game and hobby and careers. Coaching that's designed to teach us and help us excel. However, we infrequently think of looking inward. That is, until the pain inside can no longer be ignored. Most folks think of seeking a counselor only when something in their life has broken. The pain it creates and the distraction it causes provides sufficient motivation to drive them to ask for help. Both your vehicle and your body benefit from being well cared for. You know, um, some problems do not present themselves until they are well advanced and harder to rectify. Because decline is gradual, it's harder to detect without regular inspection. A regular checkup keeps your car and body operating at peak performance. And in the same manner, a spiritual tune-up is a routine checkup for your heart and soul. It keeps you running at optimal performance spiritually. When they have waited to come to us till something breaks, we'll need to perform reparative spiritual coaching. The break has already occurred. The departure from whatever they define as normal has already happened, and they feel unable to right the ship. While regular tune-ups reduce the chance of breakdowns and and cost less in the end, 
repairs cannot be completely avoided. So whether you have shunned the tune-ups or had an accident, fix-ups are going to be necessary for all of us. Even a healthy body gets bruised, cut, and broken. Everyone feels the pain of age as they grow and need a doctor. So, too, it is with your invisible self. But what if we approach our spiritual life, our relationship with God and with others, for that matter, like we do our extracurricular activities and our professional development? And what if, what if we did that by going to coaching before life blows up in our faces? Again, you can't always prevent that. It's going to happen from time to time, but you can reduce the occurrences. If we did that, our coaches could do a preventative maintenance rather than always reparative. The vision is to make it as common as any other area of life to seek that preventative help from a spiritual coach. It makes logical sense that the more regular our preventive maintenance is, the less uh, there will be a need for reparative help. And reparative help takes more time and is harder to do than preventative help. You know, most of you work at jobs where there are machines, whether it's as small as an office copier or as large as an earth-moving machine, uh, that they're maintained to prevent costly and potentially dangerous breakdowns. In fact, some of you work where routine maintenance is not done, and you live with the frustration and fear of breakdowns and mistakes. The management won't listen to you and your colleagues when you ask for training for yourself and maintenance for or even replacement of your equipment. You've been forced to do your own cob job repairs and you know how well that's working. Don't treat your, in, your inner life the same way. So biblical community and biblical coaching both will aid our growth in different ways, of course, uh, and, and with some overlap. And a third and final ingredient that we'll talk about today in our spiritual growth is um, based on, is about the human heart. What is being suggested is that we show as much care for our heart and relationships with God that we do for our car and our body. And that is as long as you aren't one of those people that are ignoring your automobile's care or physical health. Some of you are taking better care of others than you are yourself. Some of you are taking better care of your daily ride by washing it and getting the oils and brakes and tires regularly changed than you are of your body, not to mention your soul. Whoever told us that we'd be okay if we ignored our heart or our soul or body. A case can be easily made for elevating our soul or heart care above all other types of maintenance in our lives. Jesus taught that what flows from our heart shows its condition. What we say comes from our heart. So it's our wor- if our words are cutting, competitive, negative, aggressive, and critical, or if our thoughts and actions are evil, it all comes from the heart. The fruit of our lives, actions and words, they put what's in our heart or in our, our soul on display for others to see. If you are... if. You are one who is given to ignoring your inner person, okay, your inner person, which is synonymous with your heart and soul and spirit. You need to do a study on the heart from the book of Proverbs. In chapter 4, we are told that we must watch over and guard our heart or it will determine the course of our lives because it determines the course of our lives. From there, the, the subject is, you know, it's gradually fleshed out as you read through the book of Proverbs. Of special interest is the fact that the Lord hates a crooked heart, but delights in integrity of heart. Kind of makes you want to make sure you're a person of integrity now, doesn't it? You know, if you're more the selfish type, 
maybe that takes good care of your body physically. You should know that Proverbs tells us that what modern medicine has already discovered. If there's junk in your heart like jealousy, it's like cancer in your bones. Yet a heart that is calm and peaceful and not racked with stress, fear, worry, and things like jealousy, they have a healthier body. In fact, a, a broken body is easier to endure than a crushed heart, it says in Proverbs. And Proverbs even makes the same connection between our hearts and our words that Jesus does. And there's no surprise there. And here's something that may surprise you. God tests our hearts. My sources tell me that the accurate synonyms for the word test we find in multiple places in Proverbs. Synonyms are examine and check and assess and calculate. God will not tempt you to sin to see where your heart is at. He would never do that. But he does apparently take inventory of the condition of our heart. Since he knows all things, including what you did on spring break last summer or decades ago, it's a running inventory. He doesn't look at our outward appearance as some tend to, nor is he deceived by it. He looks at the heart. He particularly weighs our motives which means he knows what others don't, whether or not our religion is for him or for ourselves. And you know, we are notoriously bad at accurately knowing our own motives. It's rightly been said that the human heart has an unlimited ability to deceive itself. Now, there is a relieving aspect of the idea of test, uh, again, according to several resources, sources, and that is that the test that God does is for the purpose of making us correct. Okay? So it's not to condemn or zot us from on high that God tests our hearts. His tests are relationally driven, just as his directive to be holy is relationally driven. We'll talk about holiness in a later episode. Uh, he will tell you what he finds. Problem is, we don't always know how to listen. We're emotionally compromised, subjectively deceived, and choosy about our memories. Nor do we always know what to do with what he tells us. And I'm sure you can see what's coming next. This is where a spiritual coach comes in and where spiritual community is also helpful. As a spiritual coach, we need to be faithfully engaging a biblical community through a small group uh, um, or some other means ourselves and in spiritual coaching of our own, both preventively and reparatively. How can we help others with their heart problems if we're categorically ignoring our own? How can we point uh, out another's false view of things when our heart's eye has uh, a vision problem of its own? Now, here at our church, we require everyone who's leading a ministry that they come in twice a year for a spiritual health checkup. We care about their well-being and don't, you know, don't want to use them up. So we take intentional steps to see that they're also being cared for while they care for the people that they lead. A good coach and non-hypocritical leader doesn't expect of anyone else what they're not willing to subject themselves to. So, three keys to protect our, our growth and our relationship with God and community. Three things that the spiritual coach needs to be engaged in and three things that the spiritual coach needs to be um, asking those that they coach uh about and, 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 and looking to see whether or not they're using these things in their life. And those three things are biblical community, biblical coaching, and digil, diligent and vigilant care for our heart. 
Hey, thank you all for listening on SoundCloud, iTunes, Stitcher, and wherever else you're, uh, you're listening. Thanks for putting us in your earbuds. If this episode of podcast has been helpful to you, you can help us get the word out to more people. If you would like, um, by taking the time to like us on whatever streaming app you're using, and if you would share the link to our podcast or maybe to a specific episode with someone you think might benefit from it. Next time on the Spiritual Coaching Podcast, the Two Rivers Spiritual Coaching Podcast, I'm going to take several episodes. I'm going to begin to take several episodes to concentrate more on the coaching side and less on the spiritual maturity side of things. And we'll begin by revisiting the need to fight. Thank you. We're honored that you've taken the time to give us a listen as we teach spiritual coaches how to guide Christians into a full and fearless devotion to God. If you'd like to contact Pastor Kara to ask a question, give feedback, or sign up for coaching, you have two options. First, you can visit our coaching website by going to tworivers.church backslash lifecoaching. Be sure to hyphenate lifecoaching. When there, just click the button in the blue banner. On that page, you'll also find free tools to use in your spiritual coaching practice. Additionally, you will find a link to a blog where you can get a transcript of today's show, filled with Bible references and other content not mentioned on the podcast. Second, you can email Pastor Carrie directly at Carrie at two rivers dot church. That's Carrie, K E R R Y, at two, T W O, rivers dot church. If this content was helpful, please jump over to iTunes and SoundCloud. Search for the Spiritual Coaching Podcast and give us a like and share the podcast so that more people like yourself can find us. Again, thank you, and we hope to see you on our next episode of the Spiritual Coaching Podcast. Bye.